live from the old National Bank State Street studio. Across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Tuesday night, hanging out with you at 312-332-3776. Have a lot of football to get to this evening. We'll be on until 8 o'clock. But first, we want to start with this. The USA Today, Bob Nightingale, is reporting that the Cubs have balked at 10 years for at least $500 million for Shohei Otani. That's the latest reporting from Bob Nightingale in the USA Today. Jesse Rogers was on the station about an hour ago. Uh, saying that he's hearing the same things. Uh, He hasn't had enough sourced material to publish it, but he's hearing the same things in regards to the Chicago Cubs and the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Now, Abdal, as we sit here in early December, it's unusual for us to start our show with baseball. We don't talk talk baseball. We talk a lot of football during football season. It's what we do. We know it's what people want to discuss and get into, but I think it's notable that as uh, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes are still going on, the Dodgers are involved. It seems like the Blue Jays might be involved. The Angels perhaps are involved. I'm seeing reports of the Giants, and the Cubs have been linked to this sweepstakes uh, the entire offseason. I think it's it would be crazy if the Cubs thought that they were getting into the Shohei Otani sweepstakes and didn't think that they would have to go over $500 million for the best player in baseball to join the North side. So this this report is extremely surprising to me tonight. Well, even after his injury, you know, that required surgery and was like, listen, he's not going to pitch next year. Maybe he'll pitch in uh, the year after that. People thought that the price was going to go down and maybe it did a little bit like Maybe it went from the, you know, 700 million, but it was always going to be. Jeff Passan was constantly reporting, like, he's still going to get 500 million. He's still going to get half a billion dollars. And the Cubs should be in on this. Like, this is not something that, that money should not be an issue. You're ready to win, you're ready to spend. And this is what it's going to take to get this insane baseball talent that we've never seen before. We've never seen the kind of numbers that he's put up as a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah, pitchers have put up the same numbers. Hitters have put up the same numbers. But not the same guy. Not one guy has put up the same numbers. And to think that you were going to get a discount because, what, because you're the Cubs? Because you got Ivy? Like, what? I don't understand. What, what, why did you think you were going to get a discount? You're going to make a cool video that was going to sell him? On like the guy has it came out earlier that he's reported that he wants anonymity. He wants to just show up to the ballpark, play the game, and go home, and that's it. And I've honestly I've never identified more with an athlete in my life that he just wants to. He doesn't like moving, and he might just want to hang out <laughs> wherever he is. He likes his routine. He's got his Whole Foods that he goes to. He's got his stores that he goes to. He's got his routine. I like that. I like routine, and I would maybe stay where I was rather than go somewhere else for the same amount of money, right? Like if the money's the same, maybe he, and I started, you know, wondering this yesterday before we, you know, started yelling about college football and all this kind of stuff. Maybe he doesn't care about winning. Like if he saw, if he re-signs with the angels, I don't think he cares about winning. If he re-signs with the current team, that's never, never been in the playoffs since he's been there. 
then you don't care about winning. You care about your routine. You care about comfort. You care about showing up to the ballpark, doing your job, being that kind of guy, not being and worrying about the media because the media treats you like a king over there because you are like you're the guy. And you don't have to the Angels already have it set up where he doesn't have to talk to the media except for the days after he pitches and all that kind of stuff. I never thought the Cubs were actually going to pony up that kind of money. Never did. This is an owner in Tom Ricketts that cried to anybody who would listen about biblical losses, about how teams with this team was hemorrhaging money during the pandemic and they were never going to be able to recoup that. And woe is us. We're the Cubs. We're a small market. We're never going to be able to compete because woe is us. We have biblical losses. That's not the case. That stadium is filled every single day. Every single day. That neighborhood is back to being popping during Cubs games. In the offseason, not so much. But that's understandable. It's the winter in Chicago. It's raining outside. It's gloomy. No one wants to be outside of bars and stuff right now. But to me, to not be able to swim in the same pool as the Dodgers, as the Padres, as the Yankees, as now rumored the Blue Jays, that's ridiculous. Well, you have a, a TV network now. You have the marquee network. Uh, you have your ballpark, which is full for the entire summer. You have a lot of real estate in Wrigleyville, which you own, you operate. You're able to collect uh, the the resources and the, the money from those items. And, and, and really, Wrigleyville has changed a heck of a lot in the last 15 years. It looks different than it used to. It, it feels more of like a, a suburban mall area now than it used to. There used to be some character in the neighborhood. And, and so, like, the entire thing has changed. You should have money. And you should have money to be able to go after the best player in baseball. And I think that's where Cub fans are right to be upset if this is true. If this is true, if the Cubs saw 10 years, $500 million and said, ah, that's going to be too expensive for us. You should be pissed, Cubs fans, because he is the best player of baseball. You, he's worth it. Absolutely. If Shohei Otani arrived on the north side, he would be the biggest star in Chicago since Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's not uh, something that I'm trying to say is a hot take. It's not hyperbole. It, no. it is exactly mm-hmm. what it would be. He's the best player in baseball. He's won multiple MVPs, and he does the incredible task of pitching every five days and also being able to use his bat as the best hitter in all of baseball. It's something we've never seen in the sport. That's how important he, important he is. And if you don't have the money for that, what has all the other stuff been? The marquee networks, the, the Wrigley Field renovations, the hotel across the street, everything else that you're doing. You know, sometimes good bits that we come up with here on the show, sometimes they never die. And that's why Black and Abdallah have told you for years about a show that used to be on Fox called Arrested Development. They had a running bit, a running gag in the early 2000s that there's always money in the banana stand. Trying to find some money for the family. Always money in the banana stand. We don't have the money, Pop. Always money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone now, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touching! No touching! No touching. 
It's always money in a banana stand. Uh, Wrigley Field always makes money. The Cubs will always make money. Yeah. They will always be a profitable baseball team. Mm-hmm. Abdel mentioned it, the crying poor after the pandemic and, and the biblical losses, which was outrageous from Tom Ricketts. You should have the money to go out and get Shohei Otani. If you were surprised that this would be over $500 million, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to read you a list, and you tell me if these teams are players. Major market players in free agency, right? Okay. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Padres, the Cardinals, not so much. The Braves, I don't know. The the Phillies are. Houston is. Yeah. Toronto will be because they're rumored for Otani. The Cubs doesn't seem like they are. Those are the top nine in attendance in 2023. The top, the top nine in attendance in 2023. The Cubs come in at number nine. All those teams I mentioned besides St. Louis are major players in free agency. Major players. Spending. Because that's how you win. Now, you spent a lot of money for a manager. You go out and you, you hire Craig Council. What's that? Spent $40 million to get a manager. That, that's a lot of money for a manager. And, I understand. And, and you and I have had the debate for years about baseball where, like, the players are the ones getting it done. Like, a manager doesn't really affect that much of a change as far as win output for the season. I don't think so. I, I think it's about the players on the field. So the, the Cubs have spent... And I think that's where, if it's true, what Bob Nightingale is reporting tonight in the USA Today, that the Cubs balked at the 10 years, $500 million for Shohei Otani. Like, uh, we were expecting heading into this, it would be at least $500 million. Yeah. If not $550, $600 million. That was talked about heading into oh, the winter meetings, when, into, into the winter offseason time of, of baseball. When he could pitch... Before the injury, we were talking seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Exactly, because that's what you would pay. You pay. You're paying for two players essentially. And now, yeah, he's not going to pitch next year. He might pitch the year after. He might not ever be the same pitcher ever again. That doesn't mean he's not going to pitch. But this is also a player that is going to generate revenue for you. This isn't just a guy who's going to come in and and play and think of everything that you can sell around the team that involves Shohei Otani. And if the Cubs are sh- so short-sighted, and listen, you and I are both not Cubs fans, and we're upset because we do this for a living. You know how awesome it would be to cover a team that has Shohei Otani, like on a week, like, again, not Cubs fans, but we have to cover the teams, and it would be fun to cover a team that has that kind of star power. Well, he's one of the most important players in all of sports. And the other problem, uh, you, you too. You look at football, baseball, uh, basketball, he is one of the most marquee names in all of professional sports. He absolutely is. He's the most marquee name in his sport. Yeah, for sure. And the other problem is, if you listen to what Jesse Rogers told uh, Peggy and Waddle earlier, about uh, two hours ago, is that he's thinking no on Otani, no on Bellinger, no on the Japanese pitchers that people were talking about, like Yamamoto. Oh, what are the Cubs going to do? It's always money in a banana stand. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Mike and Lagrange, you're on ESPN one thousand. Hey, good evening, guys. What's up, man? Um, I didn't believe it until a few years ago when my friend finally convinced me that Chicago ownership across the board is not interested in winning. We saw it with the Sox. We saw it with the Bulls. Saw it with the Bears. Now Bears might be changing a little bit. Now we're seeing it with the Cubs. The Cubs deliver on their 2016 World Series, and they and they clap their hands, and they're done. And they're going to milk every penny out of any poor 
poor Joe that walks in there because we'll happily take it. We don't hold anybody accountable in this town. We continue to point the finger, oh, we got rid of the coach. Oh, we got to get rid of the quarterback. Well, at the end of the day, and you look at the ownership of this town, and these people, these families, these individuals, these trusts have owned this ownership for decades with zero zilch, except for a couple pop-up championships to show for it, and we need to demand better in this city. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. 312-332-3776. Always money in a banana stand. Jeff and Deerfield, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jeff? Hey, guys. I can't disagree with you guys more. You got to spend money to guarantee a championship. The Angels spent a lot of money. They had Trout. They had Otani. What did they win? Well, the, the Rangers Yankees spend money year after year. What have they won? The Rangers just the spent the, spend the Rangers money year just, after year. What have they won? The, they won a championship, and the yeah, Rangers they won, one, they won one. Okay, they won, and the Rangers there's, just spent no a bunch guarantee. of money, and they just won. There's no guarantee that they spend five hundred million dollars on this guy. Besides that, that limits them from spending a lot of money on a bunch of other players. How do you know what they have in their plans? Yeah, and Jeff, that, that's a fair point. I, I see what you're saying. Spending that much money on one player doesn't win it. Win a championship. You look at the top payrolls in baseball last year. The Mets, they were number one. They didn't make the playoffs. The Yankees were number two. They didn't make it. San Diego struggled last year. They were third in payroll. But number four, Texas Rangers, they spent a lot of money on free agents to bring them in. And a year later, they win a World Series. So Texas, the fourth overall payroll in baseball. Philly is fifth. The Dodgers, six. The Astros, seven. To me, it seems like half of the top 10 there are all teams that were in the final four, if not trying to win a World Series last year. I get it. It, Spending isn't the end-all, be-all to win a World Series, but I also don't think you can discredit how great of a talent Shohei Otani is. He also did win. He won the World Baseball Classic. Otani won. Otani has won something. He won the World Baseball Classic. So you can't say he's not a winning player because he won something. It wasn't with the Angels, but he still won something. Roy in Minnesota, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Roy, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, boy. Thanks for taking my call. So I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I'm literally on a walk with my golden retriever named Wrigley. Uh, tomorrow is his first birthday, by the way. Aww, Shout out, Wrigley. Shout out, Wrigley. So, um, listen, I, I'm, I've been following this since you know the get-go, and I, I trust Jesse more than I trust any of the other reporters, but I think we have to pump the brakes on us freaking out that we're not going to get Otani or Jet. We're not going to sign any big-time players. Like, Kirk Council came out of nowhere. And Jet does the stuff behind closed doors, and he's, I think, really good about keeping a lot of the stuff secret. Unlike David Roberts, who was, you know, very candid today, and I think that may end up, that could be a bad news for the Dodgers going forward because Otani said, like, the reports originally said that he was not going to go to a team where information is leaking out. So I think Jed is just playing the cards close to the close to his vest. I think there's a realistic chance, and if we don't get Otani, I think there's a realistic chance we're still going to get Yamamoto or Glass now, or um, maybe Soto. Like I, I, I don't think we need to assume that oh, classic Chicago sports. We're not going to pay the big bucks. I think we got to let this play out, man. And and the, and Bob Nightingale. I mean, unless he's reporting to the White Sox, like I don't trust anything he says. So. And, and there's good, you know, good proof for that. So I'm optimistic still that Jed is going to make this team better, you know, end of story. And if we get Otani, that's the jackpot. That'd be great. But um, I, I think it's too early for us to assume that we're out of it. Yeah, thanks for the call, Roy. I, I would say I would add this, though, to the Bob Nightingale um, 
bias, suggesting that he only has good sources with the White Sox. Jesse Rogers was on our station about an hour ago saying that he was hearing the same things. Mm -hmm. He just hasn't been able to um, put together enough sourcing on it to report what Nightingale is reporting. So, like, I I get you could suggest that Nightingale only has stories on the White Sox, but Jesse's hearing the same thing, that the Cubs were not willing to go over $500 million to go after Shohei Otani. And on the reports of the, you know, Otani wants to go to a team that's remaining, you know, close to the vest, I haven't heard anything from the Blue Jays. I haven't heard anything from the Giants. I haven't heard anything from the Angels. I haven't heard anything. You know, the Dodgers are the only one, so... If he decides to not go to the Dodgers because of that, there's still other options out there that aren't the Cubs who aren't willing to spend. Because if everybody, if the starting point is $500 million and the report from Nightingale is that they won't even get to $500 million, that's a problem. It's Blocking Abdallah. There's always money in a banana stand. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. on Shohei Otani. Are the Cubs out? Were the Cubs surprised at 10 years, $500 million? Are you serious? That's what Bob Nightingale in the USA Today is reporting this evening, and Shohei Otani still has yet to make his decision on where he wants to go and play baseball for the next decade, and we'll continue to take your calls at 312-332-3776. I did want to ask you this uh, in regards to the NFL. We were watching the uh, Packers and the Chiefs on Sunday night, the Packers win 27 to 19. Jordan Love played really well. Once again, three touchdowns. He threw for 267 yards. He now, in his last three games, has eight touchdowns, no interceptions, and all three are wins for the Packers. I want to ask you this question. Uh, if you look at the Packers' success, does it say more about Jordan Love and his development in the last couple of weeks, or does it say more about Matt LaFleur and his offense? Because like they're essentially running out there all unknown young wide receivers, rookies or, or second-year players. And it, it feels like to me that LaFleur is a really good offensive coach, and he's made it easy for the quarterback. I think both could work hand-in-hand, hand, but when I'm watching the Packers on Sunday night, and I'm trying to think of like how the Bears are going to handle the Lions on Sunday, I was thinking more about how good of a job Matt LaFleur has been doing opposed to like salivating over Jordan Love. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does because, like, there's a... I look at this season by Jordan Love like this. It's obviously not his rookie season, but his first his first full season, like, at the helm, like, knowing he's going to be the guy full-time, right, uh, with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. And so because of that, there I expected there to be some growing pains. Like, I'm not surprised that he's playing well because he's got better coaching than... Justin Fields does like he's got better does he might not have better weapons but he's got a better offensive scheme he's got better coaching and I don't think he's got as much pressure right now like they reworked his deal they're not worried about a 50 year option they're not worried about all that kind of stuff like he's able to grow 
into the season. I'm sure that that was part of the messaging to him, right? Like, hey, we'll figure this out. We got time. We're going to figure this out. And, you know, doing some draft uh, work today as the college football season has ended, this Packers team, in an article from uh, ESPN.com that was pointing out, like, it was like 30 questions about the draft. This Packers team has potentially five picks in the first three rounds uh, that is going to allow them to beef up whatever positions they need. If they need a wide receiver, they can move up and get a really good one. They can sit back and wait for one to fall for them if they want to. So I'm not surprised that Jordan Love is being is, is having success because you're right. It's Matt LaFleur. It is. It's the system. It's not. I'm not saying he's a system quarterback. I, I take that back and saying it's the system because that sounds bad. That's like saying Brock Purdy. It's the system. There's always wide receivers open. Though. There's all. Like, yeah. Like that's and that. What was impressive it is system, to me is like he's also making really good throws. Like he's making he's making better decisions, which is something we saw from Aaron Rodgers in his last couple of years. He was being more. Um, deliberate with his throws and throwing the ball away when he didn't see something. He wasn't trying to force the issue, which is something we saw from, like, Brett Favre would try to force the issue. He threw a lot of interceptions. He's a great quarterback, obviously Hall of Fame quarterback, but he threw a lot of interceptions. Aaron Rodgers didn't throw a lot of interceptions his last couple years with the Packers because he figured out, like, I'm just going to throw the ball away and guys will get open eventually. Right, last three games for Jordan Love, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. All three games were wins for the Packers. I mean... We could cherry pick and grab a three-game cross-section of Justin Fields' season this year and find a situation where he had eight touchdowns, one interception. You know, like there were games, Denver, Washington, uh, even the Lions game, he threw one touchdown, no interceptions, even though I thought he played well. You can find games where he's putting up the same type of numbers. Now, the Bears haven't won all those games. That's the difference, right? That, That Broncos game is going to come back to haunt this Bears season, this team, the head coach, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, should we really be raving about Jordan Love today or or this week or after the game on Sunday? He's playing well. He's improving. I, I'm not sitting here thinking that he's going to be a great quarterback in the league. I think he has some faults that we saw earlier in the season. I, I think what we saw on Sunday night is that the Chiefs didn't get the pressure that they – uh, that Jordan Love was facing earlier in the year, and he mm-hmm. looked like a pr- pretty decent quarterback. It's amazing how that works out. If the quarterback has time and the receivers are getting open, things kind of make sense, and they look good. Yeah, it's why when the offensive line has been the most healthy for the Bears, Justin Fields has found success because guys are blocking well, they're healthy, they're playing at a, with a cohesive unit that they've you know tried to get on the field at the same time and have struggled. And I think the Bears will look to improve their offensive line even more. You obviously need a center, maybe a guard, maybe whatever. Like you might need to get a left tackle, whatever. You might you might see a lot of changes on this offensive line still to try to find a cohesive unit because whoever's back there next year is going to need whether it's a rookie or Justin Fields is going to need time to throw to be successful. That's kind of how the NFL works. I'd feel more confident in my team if LaFleur was the head coach than it would be Jordan Love being my quarterback. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes. Al in Lincoln Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Al? Hey, guys. Just wanted to touch in on why the Cubs should not overpay for Otani. Sure. There's a risk. There's a big risk involved with the pitching side of it. He's going to be a great hitter for a long time, but that arm could fall off a lot sooner than, than his decline with the bat. And as far as love, he's playing incredible right now. I didn't think they had a chance to beat the Chiefs on Sunday. And with just all the inexperience with the skill position and how young they are, 
it's pretty remarkable the, the steps that they've taken offensively and defensively. And honestly, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and we'll see what happens then. Yeah, they'd mm-hmm. have to run the table to get there, um, and I think they have a chance to do it. Thanks for the call, Al. To push back a little bit on what Al says about the money and overpaying, right? So 10 years, $500 million, $50 million a year, right? Basic math. Uh, Aaron Judge, who doesn't pitch, got $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. So you're paying essentially $10 million a year extra to hope he can pitch? Is that that? Safe to say, I think it's worth it. Okay, yeah, I think it's worth yeah. it too. Like, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Like, if he, if he, if he never pitches again, the return you're going to get on your investment because the marketing you're going to be able to do with Shohei Otani is well worth the risk. Because even if he doesn't pitch, fifty million, the return you're going to get each year based off of marketing and what you can sell for him because of him is worth the risk. When Aaron Judge is getting forty million a year to do the same thing, just hit. Have you ever seen someone's arm just fall off? Only in movies. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Eli in St. Charles, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Eli? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, hey, I was just What's curious up? who you think is leaking this information on the Otani situation. I think... It makes sense for him to make all these other teams seem cheap and he'll just go back to the Angels. Make it look like a money thing instead of a winning thing. I just don't, I just don't feel like there's any sense for other executives to be leaking this stuff about the Cubs when it's probably his team. But I want, want to know what you guys think about that. Thanks. Yeah, that's a fair question. Uh, who's leaking the news? And the news from this afternoon is uh, USA Today's Bob Nightingale is saying that the Cubs have balked at the 10 years and at least $500 million for Shohei Otani. Thus, that could put them on the outside of the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. And Eli's question is, who would leak that to Bob Nightingale to get that information out there? I don't know. It could be any team. It could also be the Dodgers. The Dodgers seem like they're in a bit of a a hot water situation this evening because Dave Roberts said that the Dodgers met with Shohei a couple days ago for two to three hours and that information's out there. He was more than willing to give that up to the media. And Shohei has been, uh, it's been out there that he doesn't want any team talking about any of his meetings or anything. So who knows? I, I would imagine most of these teams are trying to hurt the chances of the others right now because no one knows where he's going to go. Yeah, I, it's weird that he cares so much about, you know, other teams saying that they've talked and maybe Dave Roberts spoke out of turn when saying that they met with him at Dodger Stadium and, you know, the Blue Jays wouldn't comment on it today. And I I don't know. It just seems very weird to me that he would care. Like there's there's either if you're a free agent of his caliber, you there's two things that you need that you should be caring about. Right. You either want to go to the place that's just going to give you the most money and that's all that matters to you. Or you want to go to the place that's going to, to give you the best chance to win. Right, win a championship. And the best chance to probably win a championship combined with the most money is probably the Dodgers. Right? Like that's why people believe and that's why they've been the the favorite to land him is because they can combine 
the winning with the amount of money that they can pay for him. Now, if he just cares about money and his routine and his the way his life is right now, he might stay home with the uh, Angels, or he might go to Toronto with the Blue Jays where he wouldn't be the biggest story. I mean, he would be the biggest story for a couple weeks, maybe a month, and once the season started for sure. But, you know, Toronto isn't, like the Blue Jays aren't the main story in Toronto. If he comes to Chicago, you said it earlier, he's Michael Jordan. Like, he's the biggest thing in this city. Absolutely. And maybe he doesn't want that. You know, like, I don't know if if fans care that much about hearing from athletes on a day-to-day basis, but the fact that he doesn't, he will only talk on days that he pitches after he pitches, doesn't really bother me. Who who is it? Who does that bother? I don't. That's why I'm asking. I don't know why if would fans that bother care. anyone. I don't know if fans care or not. I don't care. I'm saying I don't know if fans care. A lot of people or a lot of media members seem to be very upset that he didn't talk to the the press after he won his MVP. Oh, Carmen today was going out of his mind. He wanted Shohei to be fined ten million dollars for skipping out on his media obligations after winning the MVP. I mean, I don't. I, I just think it's silly. Who cares? I don't care. It doesn't matter. It, it, but that's why, like, if fans are upset that, like, I don't think that that's something that factors in. It might not be, but it might be for the. I don't know. We've we've taken a call from some Cubs I mean, fans that are like, to well, he could it, get injured, and you know, Justin Fields speaks twice a week, right after a game, and then in the middle of the week, he's a quarter, a starting quarterback for an NFL team has to talk to the media. In the middle of the week is yeah. usually on Wednesday. Yeah. So Fields speaks twice a week. Mm-hmm. Shohei, would he be pitching twice a week? Probably not. It'd be like every like week and some change. Well, right? What's going like, to happen this year? He's never going to pitch. No, I know. But what I'm saying is like in the future, if he was pitching, he would speak if not once a week. If It would be just shy over one. It wouldn't be twice a week. Yeah. But it wouldn't be under once a week, right? Because no. he's pitching every five days. So eventually you would come around and you get more than just that once a week type of thing. And like, I, don't, I wouldn't be bothered if he wasn't talking to the media. He was only speaking after he pitched. I don't think well, that would be a problem. My point was that if he want, if he doesn't want to be that famous, like if he, do, if he wants to be, remain anonymous, not really anonymous, but like not have the spotlight on him 24 seven, this ain't the place, right? Well, are you going to a place that wants to win? I well, mean, I, I don't think, know if he wants to win. I think there's been plenty of baseball players that have gone to teams that sucked that didn't that weren't trying to win for years, and no one knows who they are. That's why baseball is the sport that it is. Shohei's bigger than that, though, and I think that's where if you go to the Dodgers, you're not you're going to be a show you're going to be a showcase person that Major League Baseball is going to highlight throughout yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. The Angels are tougher because they they never were able to live up to it. They never won. If you go to a team like the Blue Jays, I'm sorry, but you, you think that you're going to live up in Canada and not be noticed or anything. That that might be the case. You're going to be on national TV a lot in America because the Blue Jays were a playoff team. Yeah. They're a team trying to win. The Giants last year, they were under 500, but in the last 15 years, the Giants have been a franchise trying to win. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think it really, you know what I'm saying? Like, he can say that he wants to go to a place and not be recognized. Well, okay, go play for the for the Rays then. I mean, no one bothers any Rays players. Well, the, they don't, the they don't want to spend the money. How about the Pirates? They don't want to spend the money. Anyone bothering them? You know, like uh, that's come play, what. Come play for the White Sox, Mike in Kinley Park. You're on ESPN 1000. Hi guys. You know, I have to say this: the more I 
estate is five hundred million. That's a half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of money. And you know, I mean, I, I look like even when I look at the Angels, Mike Trout, fabulous ball player, but he's hurt half the time now. You know, it can happen. It can happen to anybody. And you know, if, if some guy, you know, I don't want to. I think it'd be great he's here. But if something happens, you're done. You know, I mean, and, and I never thought for a minute. Yeah, Ricketts, we're going to really go after this. You know, they're, uh, no, it won't happen. But uh, I think a big thing for the Cubs, when they don't get him, and you do get some of these good ball players, sign them. Don't get them for just one year. Don't rent them. Get, let's get this thing established. But, uh, you know, it's and, and if I could just add one thing, guys, mm-hmm. the, difference, the difference with love and feel right off the bat, the coaching is night and day. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Appreciate thanks, the Mike. phone call. We go to Randy in Seattle listening on hey, the ESPN Randy. Chicago app. What's up, Randy? Hey, and a belated birthday to Adam. I wished him that earlier. Thank you, Randy. Again. Okay. So, guys, <laughs> I'd like you to do. I'd like you to do something for me. I want you to monetize this Otani deal starting at five hundred million dollars, and why you think that the Cubs should do it from a monetary standpoint i mean granted he's a great player he would help them be a better team but they fill a lot of those seats already so how does this translate into being a good business decision for the cubs well i think you continuously win you make the playoffs you get money back for that and then all also you get all the merchandise sales that you would have with otani in a cubs uniform i i think that like, I wouldn't say signing him is strictly to make the money back. It would be to win baseball games and to be a championship-quality team. Because I think what we saw in 2016 is when you win a World Series, you can make a lot of money off of those runs and then also what happens after that. Mm-hmm. So to follow up on that then, take the same amount of money, mm-hmm. and what do, do you think the Cubs would be better served spending that equivalent amount of money on players of need more than just a Shohei Otani. The Cubs, are, so I'll let you guys go ahead. No, yeah. Randy, I Thanks, don't think Randy. I don't think it's, and I believe Jesse has said the same thing. Jesse Rogers has said the same thing. That's not like okay, well, we were going to spend four, like because apparently they've balked at five hundred. So let's say four hundred million on Otani. I don't know if that means that they're just going to spend four hundred million dollars. Right, like I don't know if that means that they're just going to say, "Well, we we set aside four hundred million for Otani, and since he's not coming, let's give Bellinger two hundred and fifty, and let's give you know Yamamoto a hundred, and let's give, and now you've got fifty million left, so let's you know spread that around a little bit." Like I don't think that that's how they're operating. I think they looked at Otani and they said, "This is what we think he's worth," and then they're like, "Oh my God, five hundred million dollars!" And then they decided not to do it. I don't think because if you listen to the reporting from Jesse, he believes that they're not going to sign Bellinger. So that would mean that they're not looking to spend just spend $400 million on whoever it is. Yeah, they're not going to take that money and go next door and, and spend it at the different place, right? Like, yeah. like that money is just not going to be spent. And I think that's why Cubs fans have the concern that they have with the news from tonight from Nightingale suggesting that the Cubs weren't willing to go 10 years, $500 million for Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not going to spend it on that on that player, like how else are you going to improve the ball club? Now I understand what Randy is saying. If if you say give me the five hundred million dollars, 
let's go out and get uh, a stud pitcher. Let's get uh, another uh, outfielder because we need one of those. Let's get a, a power bat from the left side to take uh, where Bellinger was last year and adding to the lineup. If you can go accomplish that, I'm okay with that. Go do it. Yeah. I, I think the fear from Cubs fans is that the $500 million that you thought you'd use for Otani is going to be like $100 million that you spend in free agency, and then you're kind of back where you were last season, and now Bellinger is signing somewhere else. And I think it goes back to the fear that some Cubs fans had when, listen, Craig Council is a great manager. You paid him a lot of money, but he's been known as a guy that's done a lot with a little. And... uh I'm hoping that the Ricketts, you know, for Cubs fans' sake, don't say, well, we'll give you a little. We'll give you a little more. We'll give you a little more than they did in Milwaukee, but not much more, just a little more, and see what you can do with it. It's Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. You feel the heat, man? Feel it? Some would say that it's on. You feel it? It's Some... well, it's the NBA in-season tournament. Are you pumped? I well, Michael Imperioli just told me to be pumped. You know the teams have to play to win. You do have to play to win unless you're the Bulls and then you play to lose. The in-season tournament tonight is the second night of the knockout round. Okay. Uh, there were two games last night. There are two games tonight in the knockout round. And then the winners from the two winners from last night and the two winners from tonight, they'll play on Thursday night in Las Vegas. Two games, the final four. Get excited, people. It's the in-season tournament for the NBA, the association. Players are playing for keeps. I mean, there, there's no football on tonight, so... Yeah, tonight we'll get a run. I'll, I'll, sure. watch, I'll watch Bucks knicks The game's in the first quarter right now. Yeah. New York's up 18-15. All right, I'll watch that. And then the Suns and Lakers tonight at 9 o'clock on TNT. I'll watch that. I'll tell you what, last night, I, I didn't really watch until late because the football game was fantastic. All the ties and the back-and-forth scoring, and it comes down to overtime. That like, It was a Listen, good game. I like that. It was a good Monday night football game. We're honest here. You and I... Yeah. Are, are first and foremost honest with our fans. Sure. I did not know yesterday was tournament games. I did. I, I was going to talk to you about it, but we didn't get to it because we were too busy screaming at each other over the college football playoff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, last night was the first two. This is why I knew. Because Sunday, there was no NBA. Did you know um, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the NBA, heading into this week, the NBA cleared the decks yeah. for this week. Uh, so Sunday, there were no games. I just thought they were doing that because they didn't want to compete with football. No, no. So <laughs> they, they had no games on Sunday. So then they could schedule whoever the two games were last night and then the two games tonight. Yeah. And then Thursday was open for the final four in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then what they did was retroactively, after they, they got the teams for the knockout rounds, they then took everyone else and they put together games that will be in the regular season for tomorrow. So yeah. like tomorrow so will be a play full, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, tomorrow's a full slate of NBA games. Mm-hmm. The same with Friday and then so on and so forth. Yeah. But the, uh, the in-season tournament, uh, had they essentially cleared out three straight days so they could kind of put this knockout round. L- listen. If you're a young team like the Pacers, this is great. If you're anyone else, it's still stupid. I think it's cool for like the Knicks and the Pacers, like you mentioned. Like I don't think the Knicks have a title shot. This is 
cool for them. The Knicks were a playoff team last year. I they're, they're looking that. for bigger pieces of the pie than winning an in-season tournament. I know. For the Pelicans and the Kings last night, I get it. It's nice. For the Pacers, it's but fun. For, but I, I do want to see the effort given tonight for the Suns and the Lakers. I just like, like Kevin Durant and LeBron James care about an in-season tournament. No, they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like the Suns and the Lakers are looking for the championship. The Bucks tonight, they're looking for the championship. Yeah. I uh, I know he's got a podcast, but uh, I, I I'm glad that Michael Imperioli's still getting work. He has a podcast. Yeah, him and uh, uh, the guy that played uh, Bobby Bacala. They do a they do like a, they talk about Sopranos episodes. Man, everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's got. A, there was a Boy Meets World podcast across the street last week, Chris. They talk about Boy Meets World episodes every night around six fifty. We like to play for you the song of the night. I wanna rock. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for what dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an. Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's song of the night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song. Run Cry. The heat is on. From 1984. That's right. Each round 615. Black and Dog bring you the song of the night. Heat is on. was released in theaters nationwide. Yep. And it is a fantastic movie, and this is how the first movie starts with this song from the soundtrack, The Heat Is On. I love these movies. I think, I don't know if it's my favorite, I think Coming to America is my favorite Eddie Murphy movie, but if these are on TV, I don't care one, two, or three, I will stop and watch these movies. Okay, so I recently did a full rewatch of this entire trilogy. They're so good. They're so good. Eddie Murphy is so great in them. And I think here's what's um, what's missing in today's cinema. It's simple. Yeah. Like, it's a simple concept. And Eddie Murphy is just kind of being himself. And that's it. And it's awesome. It's great. There's nothing extra. There's no CGI. There's not these wacko characters it's just funny yeah it's just simple and it's it's good clean and it's awesome yeah. i love it it's great it looks like, fantastic it's it's got like the you know it's got like the cops and robbers thing which yeah. is fun but then eddie murphy gets to do all of his bits during the, right. the everything and he's hilarious yeah and this song uh written by glenn fry for not written by him performed by him it wasn't written by him uh performed for this soundtrack this is how the movie opens with you know shots of detroit and whatnot uh he was paid fifteen thousand dollars for the work on this song uh he didn't write it he just performed the vocals and uh the guitar part 
for this song, um, the guitar solo. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, a great song. It's a great. It's the first thing I think of when I think of Beverly Hills Cop because it's the way the movie starts, and then he's riding around in the back of the cigarette truck and everything. <laughs> like it's great. It's such awesome. A, it's a great way to start the movie too. And uh, all of, they're making the new one. Which, I was surprised. Uh, I didn't know this. So, that yeah. They're making a fourth one that will be released on Netflix. So it's going to be on Netflix, and it's it's kind of like Coming to America, where he, uh, a former a friend of his, is killed in Beverly Hills, and he has to go and uh, solve the mystery with his daughter. The Heat is on. It's your song of the night. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Yeah, I didn't know that there was going to be a fourth Beverly Hills Cop. I don't think we need it, but listen, Eddie Murphy, he's making all the sequels. But like if, they, if they keep it along the lines as the first three, I'm cool with it. Everyone's in it. Yeah, like, that's true. We were looking up the IMDb earlier today. Like All of the, the characters you would expect to be in it, they're all back. Even Bronson Pinchot from Perfect <laughs> Strangers is in it. He's in it, too. We'll I'm be excited. Back. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.